You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I can't believe we are finally here in this moment. I am so excited to be here. I wanted to just say hello to those of you who are in our Traverse City campus, for those of you in Birmingham and Clarkston, in Orion, also in Troy, those of you are online, and of course, my friends, I'll probably hear a loud noise when I say this, in our Clinton Township campus. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is so good to be here. So good to be here. You know, the Lord has um, been so good to my family and, and myself as we've traveled in this journey about a year uh, until this moment right here. And I want to do a few things with you today. And, and the first is this, is that I want to recommit to the vision of this church. You know, a lot of times when a new leader comes in, people might go, what's going to happen? Are all things going to change? Well, probably the most important thing I can do right in this moment, right now, is to recommit and reaffirm the fact that we want to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. This is what we want to see. This is our hope. This is our dream. If we could paint it in words, it would sound like this, to see everyone. I love that because I was the one. You were the one, weren't you? And I was maybe far from the Lord. Maybe you were far from the Lord too. Yet Jesus saw you and sought you out and brought you in and saved you and redeemed you and restored you. And Jesus' heart is for all people to encounter him, to see everyone, not just left where they're at, but transformed, changed, renewed, strengthened, molded, shaped. And not just that, but mobilize. Take a look around. Just take a look around at all the people around you. Now listen, this wasn't my idea, but somehow the Lord said, you know what, I'm going to use these knuckleheads to build my kingdom. <laughs> yeah, even that guy, even the guy you're looking at right now. It's amazing that the Lord, he empowers us with his spirit to do his work here on earth. And so we want to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. That's our mission. That's our purpose. That's our goal. That's our dream. You know, this is an important moment in the life of the church. Kensington Church has never had a senior pastor transition. This is the very first one. So I'm hoping to do a good job at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm hoping to do a good job at that. This is a critical moment. This is an important moment for us in the life of the church. And this is a moment where we're going to start on a brand new journey together. We're going to go on a great adventure. I remember many years ago when my daughters were younger, we packed up the minivan. We got that thing packed to the gills. I'm not quite sure it was this vintage of a minivan, but it was close. I think it may have only had one sliding door, if you can remember those days. Some of you are going, what, one sliding door? Somebody was a genius who said, let's put another sliding door on this car. Maybe that was one of you here in big three country. I'm not sure. But we packed the minivan up. We got that thing in there. We got the kids in the, in the car. My youngest at the time, I believe, was about three years old. Her name is Bria. And we began to make this journey. It was about a 10-hour journey. And we're in the car. And about three hours in, all of a sudden I hear in the back Bria say, Hey, Papa, where are we going? 
Oh, I love that. How many of you recently have gotten in a car not knowing where it was going? No, we don't do that. But for her, she just trusted, hey, wherever we're going, it's got to be good. My parents are taking me there. Where are we going? You know, you might be sitting in this moment in one of the campuses in a worship space, maybe at home, and you might be asking that same question right now. Where are we going? Where are we going? Here's what I want to share with you today as I want to share with you what I believe is the most important thing for us as we step into this next chapter, into this next season, the most important thing. I remember growing up, teachers, coaches, I played hockey all through, uh, all the way up to college, and I remember coaches and teachers saying different phrases like this. Maybe you've heard a phrase like this too, where somebody will say, if you forget everything, remember this one thing. Have you heard that before? Maybe they just said that to me because they knew I was forgetful. Brian, if you forget everything, I need you to remember this one thing. Or how about this one? Uh, maybe parents say this one. If I've taught you anything, remember this. Teachers would say that too, and I'd always think to them, myself, well, we just wasted about two hours. If you just told us the one thing you want us to remember, we could have been out of here a long time ago. What are we doing here? Just tell us the one thing. Or maybe my all-time favorite is this. Whatever you do, parents say that one a lot of times too. Whatever you do, don't eat on the couch. <laughs> Whatever you do, it's usually followed with a thing you have to do or something you should never do. Whatever you do, Whatever you do, do this, do this. I want to share with you today what I believe is the most important thing for us going to this next season. Whatever you do. I remember when I was in college, I was in a, in a band. We weren't very good, so don't look it up. But I was in a band, and we'd go to these different youth camps, and we'd lead worship. I knew about five chords on the guitar, so it was just enough to play pretty much every song under the sun. And we'd go and we'd play and we'd lead worship at these different camps. And we were invited to go out to Montana. And uh, we'd, we were invited because we had a friend who lived there. And so we went and we were going to lead this, this, this camp at night. The thing I learned about people in Montana, which I had never been there before. I'm from the East Coast. And so I, I learned that everybody has an occupation, but then they're also a rancher. Like everyone. So my friend's father was a pastor slash rancher. So you could be a teacher slash rancher. You're always something slash rancher. Now I have no ranching experience whatsoever at this point in my life, but her father said, hey, I need some help in the morning before you go to the camp. Can you help me out? And I said, sure. This sounds like an adventure. This sounds like a great opportunity to learn something new. And so I get up early in the morning. I go out with her father. I'm like, okay, what are we doing? He's like, here's what we're going to do. I need about 200 of my cattle to come down that hill and into this small pen. So we're going to bring those cattle down. And so I'm going to go up and I'm going to drive those cattle down. And they're going to come running down the hill. Now let me pause here. Because up to this moment in my life, I didn't know that cattle ran. <laughs> I didn't know that. The only experience I had with cattle was they were stationary on the milk carton, the picture of them right there. That's, that's all I knew. Right? But apparently cattle run, and they run fast, by the way. And what we're going to do is we're going to bring those cattle down, and, I, and we're going to put them in this small pen. I said, okay, well, what do you need me to do? And he said, here's what I need you to do. You're going to stand at the gate of the small pen, 
when those cattle coming run, when they come running down the hill, you're, you're gonna stand by that gate, you're gonna direct them into the pen, and then you're gonna close the gate. Now I'm regretting not sleeping in that day, because I don't know what's happening. So I asked him, like, well, how am I gonna do that? You know, do these, <laughs> do these cattle know sign language? Do I get flares? Like, am I holding those orange, you know, things that, that direct the airplanes? What's happening here? He said, oh, no, 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 I have just the tool for you. Like, oh, good. Now, I'm thinking at this point, the tool necessary would be like a shotgun, okay? Something of that magnitude. But instead, he hands me a tennis racket. And it wasn't even a good one. It was like one of those wooden tennis rackets. He's like, listen, when the cattle come down, just point that at them, and then they'll go into the pen. I'm like, okay. And then he gets on his ATV, his four-wheeler, and he fires up his four-wheeler, and he looks at me in the eyes, and as his four-wheeler is just beginning to rumble, and all of a sudden, it's taking up all the space, and, and it, I'm hearing it. He's, he looks at me, right, and he, and he shouts at the top of his lungs. He's like, he's like, Brian, whatever you do, make sure to get, get, get down there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 where are you going? Wait, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do something? Am I supposed to not do something? I'm feeling at a loss. Here's why I share that. I don't want us to step into this next season not knowing what we're called to do. I don't want us to step into this next season wondering or confused or lacking clarity. And so today is a, is a, is a, is a whatever you do sermon Whatever you do. In fact, I think it's actually more important than that. I think it's a in all that you do message. In all that you do. In all that you do, apply this, what I'm about to speak to. In all that you do, in your workplace, in your schools, in your family life, in your private time, in all that you do, in every decision that you face, in all that you do, apply this. I want to share the most important thing. Three questions that I'm going to address today. The first is, what is most important for us? The second is, where are we going? And the third, the third is, how can I or how can we get involved? So let's start with what is most important. You know, I'm so thankful to the Lord that through this journey coming to Kensington, the Lord has spoken to my family on numerous occasions through his word, through other people, through circumstances, through songs that he, he gave to us in amazing ways. I'm so thankful for that. I remember once I knew that we were coming, I began to ask the Lord, where do you want us to begin as a church? Where do you want us to start? And the Lord pressed upon my heart this this passage of scripture. As he often does, he speaks to us through his word. I often call the word of God deposits that we make. I want to encourage you to make as many deposits as possible. Because as you make deposits of the word of God, he often draws on those in order to speak to you. And this is what he did for me. He, he, he drew out a deposit I had made years ago out of the book of Philippians. And I want to read it for you. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, and it says this. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, he's speaking about Jesus, and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. Have you ever read scripture and, and just words jump off the page? It's almost like they're, they're leaping off the page at you. When I read this, those words above all just leapt off the page. It, it was like they were circled and highlighted and the arrows were pointing at them. Above all. There's one thing that is above all other things. There's one name that's above all other names. There's one thing that's the most important, the, the priority of our life, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Friends, what I want to invite us and challenge us into this season is to place Jesus above all. Above all. That this would be our foundation. Jesus above all. Do you know that the earliest creed is not the Apostles' Creed? It's not the Nicene Creed. The earliest creed is much shorter, and it's these words. Jesus Christ is Lord. In the first century, people who would give their life to Jesus and get baptized, they would use these words to declare their faith in Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. There is nothing even close to the greatness of Jesus. And this year, through this school year, we're going to be in a year-long journey where we place Jesus above everything. Jesus above all. All. I'm reminded of Luke's gospel, chapter 10, verse 27, where it says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. This is what we're going to do this year. We're going to pray, Lord, help us put you, Jesus Christ, above all, that Jesus would be the Lord over our decisions, that Jesus would be the Lord over our time, that Jesus would be the Lord over our hurts, our hang-ups, and our habits, that Jesus would be the Lord over our relationships, that he would be the Lord over everything. Now, here's what I can promise you, that as we place Jesus above it all, what we're gonna experience is his love, his grace, his mercy, his power, his compassion, his healing. That as we place Jesus above all, it's actually for our good. We get the blessing of knowing him and walking with him. There's this wonderful song called Jesus Over Everything, written by Andrew Holt. And I put this message together a few months ago. And the interesting thing, just the Lord speaking to me again, is as I drove to the Clinton Township campus this morning and I put my car in park in the parking lot, the song that came up on my, my Spotify music list was Jesus Over Everything. It's almost like the Lord was saying, Brian, I'm going ahead of you. Listen to the lyrics of this song. It says, Jesus over everything, he reigns forevermore. Our song for all eternity, Jesus Christ is Lord. Now here's the bridge, and I love this bridge. You might find yourself in this bridge. You might find the way that the Lord is calling you to place him above what you're facing. And it says, over fear, over shame, over all anxiety, over troubles and all pain, over sickness and disease, for he reigns on the throne, all praise to him alone, one name over everything. It goes on, over death and all sin, over hell, over the grave. Darkness bows, demons flee at the mention of his name. For he reigns on the throne, 
all praise to him alone, one name over everything. My challenge for us this year is to place Jesus above everything. Jesus above all. Here's my hope for us, my hope for myself, and my hope for each and every one of you, is that this year would be a year where you grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus than you've ever gone before. Maybe you're here, you're listening in, and, and you've yet to start your relationship with Jesus. First, let me say this. I'm so glad you're here. You are in the right spot. Seek his face. Maybe you've been maturing in Jesus for 50, 60 years. Can't we all go deeper in our relationship with Jesus? Of course. There's more of him to reveal to us. There's more to know. And so the challenge this year is to lean in, to press in and ask Jesus, Jesus, I wanna go deeper in my relationship with you than I've ever gone before. Second question, where are we going? Where are we going? If we're placing Jesus above all this year, where are we going? How are we gonna get there? Well, we're gonna journey through the Gospel of Luke in our Sundays. We're gonna spend our time uh, starting out of the Gospel of Luke throughout the whole year. Believe me, there's enough in the Gospel of Luke where it's gonna be exciting through the whole entire year. We wanna dive into scripture and learn about who Jesus is, what he teaches, and just get to know Jesus through the gospel of Luke. I wanna start there in Luke's gospel, chapter 19. Not chapter one, but we're gonna start in chapter 19. And I wanna share a story out of Luke's gospel, and then I wanna share three paths that we're gonna take this year as we place Jesus above all. The story comes out of Luke chapter 19. And Jesus, he's been teaching about his kingdom, been telling all about his kingdom. It's a new kind of kingdom that he's ushering in. And in this story, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus is walking into Jericho. And as he comes into Jericho and closer and closer into the town center, a great crowd begins to develop around Jesus. Many people are wanting to know about who this Jesus is. They're very intrigued by him. And then Jesus moves even closer into town, and he, and he finds himself under this great sycamore tree. And at the base of the sycamore tree, he looks up and he sees that there's a man in the tree. And this man, his name is Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is a rich man, and he's rich because he's a tax collector. And he's hated because he's a tax collector. And he's hated because that means he would take a little bit off the top from everybody's taxes. He was a thief, and he was up in the tree because he was short. And so what Zacchaeus found out was that Jesus was going to come by, and he wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus. So he ran ahead, climbed the sycamore tree in hopes that he would just catch a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus comes to that tree. He stops. He looks up at Zacchaeus up in that tree, and he says this, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And so Zacchaeus came down from the tree. He welcomed Jesus in his home. They sat around the table. He moved from the tree to the table. And all of a sudden, he encountered Jesus. He repented. He gave his life there to Jesus, to the, the way of Jesus. He gave half of his wealth to the poor, and he paid back everybody he cheated four times as much. His life was completely transformed. We'll come back to that story, but I want to share 
three paths that we're gonna be on this year as we place Jesus above all. The first is this, is that we're gonna focus on knowing the one. And this part of the path is gonna take us from this moment right now in September all the way through December. You know, friends, I believe this year is a year of exponential growth in our faith walk with Jesus. If you choose to lean in, that this could be a year where you go deeper in your relationship with Jesus than ever before. Here's the fantastic news, is that Jesus wants you to get to know him. That Jesus wants to encounter you. That Jesus wants to speak to you. That Jesus, the King of Kings, wants to spend time with you. He wants to empower you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to mold and shape your life. What an amazing truth. And so we're going to spend some time knowing the one. I love in the story of Zacchaeus how Zacchaeus ran ahead just hoping to get a glimpse of Jesus. This was his hope. If he just caught a glimpse of Jesus, he, he would have accomplished his goal. Wow, I got to see Jesus. What Zacchaeus didn't know was that he was going to get a whole lot more than that. I remember several years ago, Beck and I were invited to a, a concert. And it was of a band that we really enjoyed and a band that many people know of. And it was like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. And, and we didn't know the tickets that were given to us. And so we went to the stadium just thinking, man, I hope we could just at least see the band, you know, from where we're sitting. We were anticipating that we were going to be in the way nosebleeds. But we get there. We show our tickets to the security guard. And they're like, oh, no, you have all access passes. And he said, do you want me to take you backstage? <laughs> yes. Take me to this place called backstage. <laughs> I want to go there and be with the people backstage there. And so he brought us backstage. And before the concert, I actually had a beverage with the lead guitarist of the band. I didn't realize what was in our hand. We had all access passes where we could go and be in the presence of whomever we wanted. We had all access passes. And I think in this story of Zacchaeus, he didn't know what was in his hand. And sometimes I think we walk through life not knowing what's in our hand. Do you know that you have an all access pass to the presence of the King of Kings? You have an all access pass to the, to the presence of Jesus Christ through the power of his spirit. And friends, he wants you to come into his presence, not just to know about him, but to truly know him. Zacchaeus was hoping to catch a glimpse, but he was taken from the tree to the table. And I love how Jesus, he looked up at Zacchaeus, placed in that tree. Sometimes we can be placed high in our tree too, right? Just kind of proud up in our tree, got life all figured out. Here we are situated and I love how Jesus, Jesus in his humility, comes and Jesus, the King of Kings, wonderful counselor, Lord of Lords, looks up to Zacchaeus and calls him down. He says, I, I don't want you up in that tree. I don't want you on, on the fringes. Come. He doesn't even say, I want to meet in your house today. He says, I must meet in your house today. It's what I came here to do. I love that. I'm praying that this season will be one where we really get to know Jesus in new ways. The second path that we're gonna take as we focus on Jesus above all 
is that we are going to focus on reaching the one. This has always been a part of who you have been as Kensington, reaching the one for Jesus. When I think about this story of Zacchaeus, you know, Jesus could have passed Zacchaeus by, and we would have never known it. Nobody would have had a problem with that. Nobody would have stopped Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, whoa, 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 stop. There's a man in the tree. You need to talk to him. That would have never been the case. No one would have ever known it. Jesus would have just kept walking by. But I love that Jesus stops. He had to meet with Zacchaeus. I see you in the tree. I see that one who's in the fringes. I see that one who's, who's, who's kind of the outlier. I see you, and I need to meet with you right now. His heart was always for the one. And so often we can say as we read through the Gospels, wow, Jesus went out of his way to meet with the one. But I want to correct that thinking and say this. No, this is the way of Jesus. He didn't go out of his way. This is the way of Jesus, to go and meet every person and reach them and encounter them and bring in them into an eternal relationship with him. It's the way of Jesus, and therefore, it's the way of the church. It's the way of Christ's followers as we go out and we share the love of Jesus with all people. And I love this, too, that Jesus, when he got to the base of that tree, he didn't look up and say, hey, you, Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. You know, we use the word buddy when we have forgotten the person's name. You're calling people buddy right now that you, you should know their name. For 10 years, you've been calling them buddy because you forgot their name. It's time just to fess up, folks, and say, listen, I don't know your name. Right? No, what Jesus does, he looks up at that tree, and what does he do? He says, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you're not just a man in a tree. You're not just a tax collector in a tree. You're not just a number. You're Zacchaeus. I know you. Come on down. Come on down. It's powerful. It's powerful that Jesus knew his name. Isn't it significant when somebody knows your name? Yeah. When we moved here, we went to the first place that everybody should go to when you move states, Costco. <laughs> and um, we got thousands of things in one package, <laughs> and we got all the necessities, and we were there, and, and we met the manager of Costco. His name is Dave, and Dave came over. He's like, hi, I'm Dave. I'm like, oh, Dave, hey, I'm Brian. This is Becca. We're talking. We're like, yeah, we just moved here from Connecticut to Michigan. Oh, really? Wow, that's fantastic, and we had this little conversation with Dave, really kind guy, and then we went on our way. Well, we had to come back because somehow we didn't get everything that we needed at Costco. And so we had to come get back and get more jumbo-sized elements for our home. And so we come back, and I'm just walking through Costco, and all of a sudden I hear, hey, Brian. And I turn around, and guess what? It's Dave. I'm like, Dave, my goodness, how'd you know it was me? He's like, I remember you, Brian. Becca, you guys just moved from Connecticut. You've got four daughters. You're just getting here. I'm like, oh my goodness. Dave, that's amazing that you remember my name. Dave, you're my best friend. Dave, <laughs> listen, I have no friends in Michigan, Dave. You're it, man. You're it. You're the only guy here who knows my name. Like, so now we're best friends. And you know what Dave says to me? He's like, you know what, Brian? I need to get you into an executive membership here at Costco. And I said, you know what, Dave, since you're my best friend, I trust you. I trust you, Dave. And so, friends, I want you, you know, you're looking at 
um, an executive member of Costco. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Why? Because he remembered my name. It's, it's powerful when somebody remembers your name, isn't it? It's really powerful. And um, Jesus knows your name. He knows every hair in your head. He loves you so much. More than that person who loves you the most on the planet, he, he far surpasses that. He loves you and you're known. He calls you out of the tree right to the table. And there's this pinnacle moment in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, and, and Jesus responds to this whole situation of Zacchaeus you know, changing and being transformed. He says this, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. This is the work of Jesus. Any of you been saved when you were lost? Yeah, this is the work of Jesus. He does it so lovingly, such compassion and care for us. And so from January to April, we're gonna spend our season focusing on reaching the one, getting to know the heart of Jesus for every person, learning how to see and respond to those in need, boldly stepping out in faith to love others with the love of Jesus. The third path. As we focus on Jesus above all, we're going to focus on becoming one. You know, Zacchaeus was restored back into community. He was out on the fringes, but he was restored back into community. And it wasn't because of his good looks. It wasn't because of his great influence. It wasn't because of his past. It wasn't because he was the, the writer of a best-selling book. It was because of Jesus, because of what Jesus did in his life. He was woven back in to the community. And this is what Jesus does. He weaves us together. Despite our failures, despite our mistakes, this is the work of Jesus. Do you know that we are called the children of God? We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus together. And this is Jesus' hope for us, is that we would become one. In the Gospel of John, Jesus prays this prayer in John 17. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you and me. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And then catch this, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You know what is, what's hinging on us reaching others for Jesus? our love for one another. As we become one together, brothers and sisters in Christ, we're actually gonna be set apart, distinct. We're, we're gonna be light in darkness. As people look at the church, the body of Christ, they're gonna say, these people love each other in such a way that I've, I've never seen before. They might disagree on some things, but they have some, this love that's, that's unsurmountable. It, it's like nothing we've ever encountered before. And people are going to be drawn to Jesus because of it. And so, April through June, we're going to focus on becoming one. And so just as I believe that this year can be a year where you grow individually in your walk with Jesus more than ever before, I think this will be a year where we grow together in community in deeper ways than we ever have before. Third and final question I want to answer how can I or we get involved in this year? You know, I think you'll find out about me very quickly is that I like to get very practical. 
I don't believe that we grow in our faith just by accident. It takes intentionality. This is why in Scripture it says, seek my face and you will find me. Seek me and you will find me. There, there needs to be this intentional move towards the Lord. And like I said, maybe you're listening to this and you have yet to commit to Jesus. Well, just take a step towards him. Begin to seek his face and see what happens. Explore and discover. And maybe you've been walking with him for many years. Continue to do the same. There's more for you. And so I want to get very practical with this. And so I have a few challenges for us within each season. Let me outline them for you. And then I'd love for you, they're going to come up on the screen and you can take a picture, take a snapshot, a screenshot of it so that you can be praying through how you can apply it to your life. In the knowing the one season, I want to challenge us to gather weekly for worship. I can tell you this, is that we've been as a family to many Kensington services now. And every time we come, Jesus encounters us. Every time. Every time we come, we, we, we're, we leave encouraged we leave being filled up. We leave having learned something from God's word. We, we, we are blessed by the community. And so I want to challenge each of us to gather weekly for worship and come eager, eager to hear what God is doing. And if you can't make a week, join online. That's fantastic. But keep in step with what God is doing among this community. The second challenge I have for you in this season is this. I want to challenge you to spend one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. How do you grow in relationship with anybody? You spend one-on-one -on -one time with them. And I don't know how you're doing in this. I'm not looking for a grade. I'm not looking to give out grades on this. I'm just wanting to challenge us. Jesus is ready to meet with us. And let's take time every day to meet with him one-on-one. -on -one. That might start with just 20 minutes a day. Spend some time with Jesus. As we step in the reaching the one season, I want to challenge you to two things here as well. The first is this. We're going to be challenging you to pray for three. I love how Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. Zacchaeus! Who are you praying for by name? And are there three people you could be praying for in this season that they would encounter Jesus for the first time? Pray for them and ask the Lord to speak to you as you walk with them. The second challenge here in this Reaching the One is to join a Move Out group. I think the Move Out groups are amazing. All that you're doing in the life of your communities is amazing. I want to encourage you in this season of reaching out to join a Move Out group or maybe start a Move Out group. Jump into your community. Show the love of Jesus right where God has placed you. Third, in the Becoming the One, Becoming One season, I want to challenge you to two things here as well. The first is an extension coming out of reaching the one. I want to challenge you to join a group, a men's group, a women's group, a small group, a class, or a course. This is a great way to rub shoulders with one another, to grow in fellowship together. And the second challenge in this season is going to be to serve together. I can tell you, for those who are serving in the life of the church, they will tell you that this was the greatest place where they got to know other people is through serving together. I can almost tell you that's what people's testimonies will be. I started serving, and all of a sudden, I got these different friendships as I served alongside other people. These are the challenges that we're going to present to you throughout this year. Let me close with a quick story. Several years ago, I was invited to 
a golf tournament, uh, which was a fundraiser by a friend of mine, we'll call him John. John was an, an older gentleman, and, and he, he asked me to come and play in his foursome in this golf tournament. This was back when I was decent at golf. I'm not really that good anymore, but I could get good if you wanted to invite me to a golf tournament. <laughs> Remembering that I don't have any friends, and Dave has yet to call me since I signed up <laughs> for my executive membership at Costco, okay? So no pressure there, but I do own golf clubs. So John called me. He was like, hey, Brian, will you play in the foursome for this fundraiser? I said, sure, John, that sounds great. And John's an older gentleman. Uh, he he's, he's comes from New York, so he's got this little accent, you know, a little swagger to him. I love this guy. He's like, okay, um, so that's great, Brian. And I said, hey, John, just give me the address. Give me the address to the course so I can get there. Because like any other normal human being, what you do is you plug the address into your phone, and it just tells you where to go, right? But John decides to give me the directions. And I was like, John, just give me the address. He's like, no, 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 Brian. Here's what you're going to do, okay? You got a pen and paper, Brian? You got a pen and paper? I'm like, yeah, John, I got a pen and paper, sure. He's like, okay, hey, Brian, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you need to do. Okay, you're going to take a left out of your driveway, okay, Brian? I'm like, oh, my goodness, we're starting at my driveway, John. This is going to take forever. You're going to go about 10 miles once you take a left out of your driveway, Brian, okay? And, and this is what's going to happen. You're going to come to this yellow house, Brian, okay? There's going to be this big yellow house. A girl named Sue used to live there. She was great. If you want to stop by, say hello. That'd be a really wonderful thing for you to do. I think you should do that, Brian. You writing this down, Brian? Yeah, yeah, John, I'm writing this down. Okay, and then at that yellow house, you're going to want to take a left at the yellow house. Why? Just give me the, direct, the, the address, John. I don't need the directions. Brian, just listen to me, okay? You're going to take about five miles down after you pass that yellow house. You're going to come to this huge tree, Brian. It's this huge tree. It's enormous. You're going to see this tree. You're not going to be able to miss it. It's so big. Take a right at that, okay, Brian? I'm like, all right, whatever, John. Just give me the address, buddy. You're going to go another like four or five miles, okay, Brian? You're going to see this gas station. It's not in operation anymore, Brian. It used to be owned by this guy named Marty. He was a great guy. Not sure why this is uh, no longer in operation. I think it was a shell. You writing this down, Brian? Yeah, yeah, John. I'm writing this down. Whatever, buddy. And then you're going to keep going. And finally, I'm like, John, you got to be quiet. You're driving me nuts. Just give me the address. Further instructions will follow from Surrey. She'll tell me where to go. Why do I tell you this hilarious story? <laughs> Here's why. Because oftentimes we overcomplicate the journey. And it's true in faith too. Oftentimes we overcomplicate the journey. And here's the last thing I want to do as I start this, this place at Kensington is, is I don't want any confusion. I want real clarity. Real clarity as we step out and, and we take ground for Jesus. And so let's not overcomplicate the journey. Further instructions will follow. But here's the main thing. Here's the most important thing. Jesus Christ is above all. Let it always be said of Kensington Church, as it has already, that Jesus Christ is above all. And this year, as we focus on him, let's focus on knowing the one, reaching the one, and becoming one together. And I truly believe, friends, that through this year, the Lord is going to be placing us on a firm foundation. And he's going to give us, together as we discover it this year, a 10-year vision that's going to knock our socks off that we're probably going to be saying, really, us, Jesus? You want us to move out in that way? You want us to take that ground? Oh, my goodness. But we're going to take that ground because if Jesus calls us, we're going to say yes. 
and God's gonna do great things, but it starts with us saying, Jesus, you are above all. I pray that this message has been helpful for us. I pray that it has provided that clarity that we need in this moment to step forward. And so what I wanna do is I wanna ask Traverse City, I wanna ask you, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me putting Jesus above all? I wanna ask those of you in Orion, where my kids go to school, I wanna ask you, are you with me? Are you ready to put Jesus above all? Birmingham, are you ready? Let's hear you, let's hear you. Are you ready to put Jesus above all? Clarkston, how about you? Are you ready to put Jesus above all? At our Troy campus, are you ready to put Jesus above all? And hopefully amongst some agreement here at Clinton Township, are you ready to put Jesus above all? Praise God. Praise God. He has good plans. He has good plans for each and every one of us. Let's pause and pray together. Lord, I'm so thankful to be in this spot, humbled, but thankful. Lord, you have good things in store for us. And so, Lord, right now, we might even confess, Lord, that oftentimes we haven't put you above all. And so right now, Lord, we wanna put you above all, above all in our marriages, above all in our friendships. Jesus, right now, there are some folks maybe who have been operating in their work life just without you. Lord, we put you above our work above our time. Lord, if you wanna call us to pivot, to change course, it's your time. You're above all, Lord. You're the Lord of the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and the end of the day. Over that next big decision that we have to make, you're the Lord over that decision. And so, Lord, we pray that as we place you above all, that we'd experience you, encounter you, that we'd grow in our relationship with you, in deeper ways than we ever have before. And I pray, Lord, that you would create a firm foundation for us, that as you call us into this next season, as you place new dreams in our heart, new vision to reach people, that we would be ready to respond with a resounding yes. And I pray all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.